0: I want us to begin by thinking back to our childhood for a moment. A little easier for some of us than others, I know, but let's try and place ourselves around, you know, four or five years old, somewhere around there. Think back to your childhood. Do you remember being in awe at how strong your parents were? Do you remember this? Do you remember, like, like you asking, like, your dad or something, like, hey, dad, can you do this thing? He's like, oh, yeah you' just like, wow. You know what I'm talking about? My kids, I'm going to let you in on a secret. They still think I'm strong. <laughs> and uh, I take every single opportunity I get to show them that and make them believe that until they're old enough to realize what a sham that is, right? So I will be outside or something. I'll be like, hey, uh, hey, Miles, son, come try and lift up this log. Can't, can you? It's pretty heavy, isn't it? okay, I'll, I'll pick it up. I'll, you know, (laughs) how strong I am. And they're, wow, daddy, you're so strong. We're, we're drawn to power, aren't we? There's something in us that we're, we're just drawn to power. I mean, there's, think of like the, the fad of superheroes, right? We just love superheroes. Not all of us, I know, but many of us love superheroes. like, they're using their strength to save the weak. And against all odds, they come through and all that stuff. And if that's not your thing, maybe it's like sports cars, right? The revving of an engine and the power of a sports car. If that's not your speed, maybe a super high-powered vacuum. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Give me a Dyson, right, or a Shark, and it's like, whoa, look out. Like it destroys your carpet. You don't care because you know it's clean, Right? or a toothbrush, electric toothbrush, it's super high-powered. I know we're drawn to power because the advertisers try to capitalize on it, don't they? This uh, Sonicare new toothbrush, now three times more powerful. We're going to start measuring toothbrushes in horsepower before you know it. This is how drawn we are to power. And today, my job's actually kind of easy because we get to focus in together on the one who holds all power, that is God Almighty, to whom none compare. Take that, son of care. God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. It comes from the word omnipotent. Omni means all potent, is power and strength. So when we consider God being omnipotent, it means he has complete and infinite power over all at all times, eternally, and in all ways. That's God. The Bible testifies to this truth from front to back. In fact, one of God's many names that point to who he is is El Shaddai, God Almighty, which we know, of course, means God is all-powerful. Every time Almighty is used in Scripture, it refers to God. And in only one place is the actual word omnipotent used, and that is found in Revelation. So I'm going to read that passage for us, that verse from us today. I don't do this often. This is a special day. I'm reading from the good old King James on this passage. Are you ready for that? Yeah. I heard a clap. I hear you. I know who you are. Hear, the, hear what Scripture reveals about our God from Revelation 19.6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty Thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Isn't that profound? You know Handel's Messiah, don't you? Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. God, in his complete, his total power, reigns. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, reigns in total and complete power over all of creation, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever. And unlike with earthly kings who abuse power and earthly leaders who falter and humans who rule and then die, God's power is complete, God's power is never abused, and God's power is without end. I want you to hear this regarding that from Pastor Barry Cooper. He puts it this way, power in these turbulent days, it's something of a dirty word. We're so used to seeing power being abused by politicians, by parents, by Hollywood moguls, by corporate CEOs, even by leaders in the church. But God's power is a supremely wonderful thing because it is wedded at every point to his justice, his faithfulness, his truthfulness, and his love. It cannot be bought. It cannot be perverted. It cannot be misused. God wields his power as the father of the fatherless and the protector of widows, orphans, and outcasts, the one who binds up the hearts of the brokenhearted. This is ultimate power. The ultimate power of whom it is said, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not quench. He will tend his flock like a shepherd, He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Now that is power. That is God's power, and that is some good news. Bearing witness to God's power, his total, complete power, our only response is indeed to say, hallelujah, praise God. I need a little help this morning. I need a volunteer. I need someone who's feeling really kind of strong today. Uh, I need a feat of strength. Is someone feeling compelled to help me out to come forward and show a little strength for us today? Is Anthony feeling strong today by chance? Uh, just maybe. Is Mike feeling strong? Is uh, is uh, Don feeling strong? Who's feeling strong today? Anybody? Anybody? Jim? Get up here, Jim. Jim's feeling strong and brave. I love it. Come on up, Jim. I love it. All right. This is what I got for you. You're feeling strong, so I have something for you to hold on to. All right. Yeah. Can you hold that for me? Just cool. Stay right there. Thank you. Let me know if you need a hand. So out of all the attributes that are unique to God and not found anywhere else, These are called his incommunicable attributes. It's what we've been studying. This one, about God being all-powerful, it might be the easiest for us to grasp. But that's really not saying a whole lot because we cannot actually fathom his true power. For instance, Genesis 1, 3 says, and God said, let there be, what does he say? Light. And what was there? There was light. Can you speak anything into being? Jim, can you? Have you ever tricked a kid into thinking you can? You know, the light switch thing? Hey, say, let there be light, and you flip the switch. You're like, wow! Yeah, we want to be like God, just like that kid wants to be able to turn on the lights by saying, let there be light. His power, though, is so completely on a different level, we just can't fathom it. I mean, by the utter magnitude of his voice, he speaks galaxies into existence. That's the power of our God. Not just that, he holds and sustains the universe by his might, and it doesn't cause him to break a sweat. You heard what it said in Colossians 1. He's before all things. In him, all things hold together. And all this he does without growing faint or weary. How you doing? Okay. Isaiah 40 says this. Do you not know... Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Now, how, how are your arms? You feeling that weight? Styrofoam. It's <laughs> styrofoam. Superman up here. It's heavy, right? Do, do you think you could hold that endlessly and never? No. Right. And you're a strong man. You got that factory strength in you, Jim. Not bad, but yeah, but it has its end. Let me take that from you. Yep. I, I, watch this. No. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. You can have a seat. Give it up for Jim again. Way to go, Jim. <laughs> you see, he's starting to sweat. Well, I hate to tell you this, Jim. You're a great guy, but you're not God. Because God never grows faint, he never sweats, he never grows tired, he never grows weary. And God never even needs to rest. You might need a nap now, Jim, that might have been it for you for today, right? You might have to go home and take a nap, but God doesn't. We know in creation, God establishes the Sabbath because it's a good and healthy and right practice for us, but he didn't need to rest at all. He shows us what meaningful rest is, and he practiced it so that we would know that. But scripture tells us he neither slumbers nor sleeps. His power is complete. It never drains. You know what it says in Psalm 121? He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He keeps watch, and his strength never fades. He never takes a rest. He uses his power to watch over you. Not only that, but God's power is on display all around us. Right now we see the power, the beauty of the trees changing and all of that. that Even in this hibernating state, there is beauty and there's amazing things happening. Just look at his beautiful creation. Have you ever just stood outside and basked in wonder at the power of God who spoke it into being? one time I had this incredible uh, privilege to, during, uh, uh, hey, God be with you, Jim, as you go to respond to that. Um, in my finishing up my seminary studies, I got to go to, the, to Brazil. And I, I lived on a boat on the Amazon River for about a week. And the time I felt smallest, which is saying something, because I'm a little guy, right, always have been. The time I felt truly the smallest was... Standing on the roof of that boat on the middle of the Amazon River in the dead of night and looking up. (sighs) How majestic is your name, oh God. All creation sings of his power, his beauty, and his majesty. Perhaps you felt that and perhaps you even started to tremble a little bit in the face of a fierce thunderstorm. You know what I'm talking about? And the power of a thunderstorm, I and mean, you start to get a little worried. Or, or even, God forbid, a, a, a hurricane or an earthquake or a tornado. It's such raw, destructive force and power. His, his power is displayed in creation, and, and creation and lays testimony to his power. But even that has nothing compared to God. But it reveals to us the one who is. All powerful. Look at what it says in Romans. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal, what? Power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. He reveals his power and his majesty in all of creation. He is omnipotent, perfectly and completely powerful. And we hear this, we know this, but we still doubt it. You ever doubt his power? Let me ask you this. Have you ever said, God, I don't see a way? Have you ever said, I'm helpless, God? It's too hard, God. Think of his disciples. His disciples, after hanging out with Jesus for a while, they saw him do some incredible things, yet they still doubted his power. They doubted it all the way until later on. Just one of many examples, they were, of course, on the sea, and Jesus is asleep in the boat, and they are terrified for their very life. So they wake up Jesus say, God, help us. Jesus, help us. And this is what he says. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And he got up, he rebuked the winds and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. It's the power of God. Of course, the winds and the waves obey his voice, for it was that very voice that spoke them into being in the first place. God holds all power and all authority over every single thing. And in this series, we're looking at his attributes, and over all his attributes, his power is proven within those attributes. These are not, they all bleed in. His love, it endures forever. That takes some power. His justice, it is complete. His knowledge is of the utmost. He is the God who has no needs. He is the God who was and is and is to come. He is God Almighty, God omnipotent, and he shall reign forever. That's our God. And where is God's power and God's authority most vividly on display for us? but the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To the one who holds all power, death has no say. God took the greatest affront to his holiness and his perfection. He took on sin. He took on the adversary, Satan, and he proved his supreme power once and for all. Living a perfect life without sin, Becoming the sin of the world, dying and rising again, that is no problem for our all-powerful God. That's what he did for us. And look at what he says about it in John 10. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one's taken it from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority. take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Over all things, he holds all power and all authority. Jesus Christ has both the right and the might to die and resurrect himself. We've seen how he has raised Lazarus back to life, but he raised himself to life. That's the power of our God. That is God Almighty and none shall ever compare. Do you believe God is all-powerful? Do you, do you see it? Do you sense it? Do you feel a little bit more like that kid again in awe of your father's strength? But when we talk about God being all-powerful, there is an important distinction we need to make, and it's this. God holds the power to do anything, but it is not in his character to do everything. All right? See, in other words, God's strong enough, he's powerful enough to do absolutely anything and everything, but because of who he is, because he's sovereign, because there are, there are these, some things God will not do. For instance, it, se- it seems weird, right? That, does that feel weird to you a little bit? feels weird. Saying God can't do something, doesn't that mean he's not all-powerful then? Well, no. He holds the power to do any and all things, but it is counter to who he is to use his power in all ways. Is that clarifying? If not, here's a smarter person to tell you. R.C. Sproul said it this way. To be omnipotent does not mean that God can do anything. God can't die. He can't lie. He can't be God and not be God at the same time and in the same relationship. He can't stop being God. As long as he's God, whatever he makes, whatever he creates, he controls. See, God will never use his power for evil. God will never go back on his promise. God cannot abuse his power. So he holds the power to do anything, but it's not in his character to do everything. And if you're like me, that's a complete comfort. (laughs) That is a complete, complete comfort because it proves to us that we can trust Almighty God. He uses his power to create order out of chaos. He uses his power to take us from death to life. He uses power to his glory and for our good. Unlike any earthly and human being who misuses and abuses power, God, who holds all the power, proves that we can trust him fully. It's our call to not put our hope in us lesser humans' strength. We put our hope in Jesus. We put our hope in Jesus. He has ultimate power, and he is ultimately good. That cannot be said for any of us. So how do we respond? How do we respond to this majestic, all-powerful God? As with all things, the first step when we learn about God, it's one of worship. We worship Him. We worship Him to stand in awe and majesty at the power of our God, to love Him deeply with everything we have, to to acknowledge that we are not all powerful. Only God is. And then we use the strength that He has given us To his glory, not ours. You guys remember the greatest commandment? Jesus taught it before, and and, and Jesus was even asked it by one of the, the rulers. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he responds, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. We respond to the power of God by loving the Lord our God with everything, including our strength. Have you ever thought about what that means, to love the Lord your God with all your strength? In a world wrought with human, with our own, our human's love affair with power, Jesus calls us to use our power to love him and our neighbors. We love God with our strength when we use the energy we have and the power that we are given, whether it's physical power, whether our financial power, our emotional intelligence, or our our, our just intellect to further his kingdom to protect and defend the weak, to give voice to the voiceless, to point to the hope of Jesus into this broken and this dying world. That's what it means to love the Lord your God with all your strength. That's a life of true worship, to give adoration to God and then living out what he commands us through our faith-filled obedience. So we respond to his power with a life of worship but we also respond to God's omnipotence by recognizing that he's the source of our power. He crafted us all in a certain way. I made a list earlier, physical, financial, emotional, intellectual. Those are all some ways that you may be powerful, the way that God created you to be powerful, that you can do things. But indeed, when we rely on our own strength, we can't do much. My kids are going to find that out about me, right? But when we rely on God, we can move mountains. He can move mountains through us. Look at what God does to those who rely on him. Passage we read earlier, I'm going to finish it for you. Starts off this way. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. But like Jim, like all of us, we grow tired. We grow weary. And so it continues and says this. He gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Rely on God to be your strength. We are finite. He is infinite. We are weak. He is strong. We can do few things. He can do all things. Remember that a life yoke to Jesus is a life of surrender to the one who can bear every heavy burden. If we put our hope in the Lord, then God, out of his infinite power, will renew our strength as his power becomes ours. Paul illustrates this for us in his letter to the Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That same power, the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. That's your inheritance if you believe. This is your inheritance if you believe that when God raised Christ from the dead, he raised you with him, that you are a living testimony to the power of God, for God has brought you through a journey of death to life, and you are now here, and his death-defying power lives in you through his Holy Spirit. So we respond by worshiping him. We respond by relying on him to be our strength and by being a living testimony to the power of God that saves and transforms our life. My kids, back to them, they, they say quite often, Daddy can fix anything. Child, there's so much I can't fix that I wish I could. They say, Daddy, you are the only they knew. We both know there's at least a dozen people out there stronger than me. And someday my children will come to learn that there are things their earthly daddy cannot fix. And that their daddy really isn't all that strong. And that the strength that I have that it is limited. And though I try my best, I'm gonna mess up and I'll misuse my power, for I am human. But my prayer, my hope, my longing is that they will put their ultimate trust not in me, but in God Almighty. When I die, I do hope to leave my kids an inheritance. I I want to leave them something behind that will help them remain secure and something that will bless them. But the greatest inheritance I can leave them is the knowledge of the inheritance that we all share in Christ Jesus that the one who spoke creation into being has given us new life through his unshakable power and that that same power that conquered the grave lives in us. So if any of you, by the lie, and you think yourself small or weak, remember that God's power is made perfect in weakness. For when we are weak, he is strong. You may be small, But our God is so big. Our God is mighty. There is nothing our God can't do. Knowing God is all-powerful, we can believe him when he says Satan is crushed. We can believe that God can take anything that is thrown at him, and we can with confidence fall into his arms knowing he will hold us up and in his own power see us through anything we might face. That is my prayer for my kids. That's my prayer for all of us. And it's the same prayer that Paul has for the greater church. And so as we close today, our prayer will be from the words of Paul in his letter to the Ephesians. So let us pray. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may be strengthened. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being,